A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to After Work Drinks, your weekly dose of news, pop culture, and Pinot Noir, brought to you by bank, <laughs> by bank, by bank managers. <laughs> Is that true? Brought to you by magazine editors and best friends Isabel Truman and Grace O'Neill. Hello, hello. How are we? I look on like the rosés today. I look like a bank manager in these latest headshots I got. I should show you. I literally look like a real estate agent, and the woman was like, "These are all so nice," and I was like, "I literally here's one." Oh, you look so cute. You do look a bit, you do have a bit of the like managerial property. Yeah, like I I know. It's the blazer. It's the blazer and the white shirt, but that's the best one. Like that's why it's out for I am so out of the folder. I'm so desperate for a headshot. My current headshot, if you look on my LinkedIn, is like insane. It looks like it's from like 1984. I'm like blown up, like bronzed, photoshopped to oblivion. I have like a curled, a curled hairdo. Like it's just crazy. I also want to talk to you about your gmail profile picture like i can't talk about this it's so embarrassing and i just don't know where it's from yeah so or how did, been... do you know how to change it well obviously not otherwise <laughs> it would still be that i've had I, this has been brought to my attention several times that my gmail icon is this like rogue picture of 15 year old me floppy hat on. in a bad hat and, and just like are you wearing purple or is there purple um, background there's something there's a lilac. purple background yeah there's yeah. a lilac background I think it was my like brief foray into trying to like fashion blog when I was 17 yeah so you were finding a wall yeah, yeah. finding a yeah, wall yeah, yeah. I, th- I think my friend I'm saying I think like I don't know obviously what happened <laughs> <laughs> I'm finding it now in my emails thank god it's only the tiniest of thumbnails and can't be blown up but i I just haven't figured out how to change it i also feel like i'm gonna put it in our group after this i'm yeah it's it's quite embarrassing i think there are some pictures like that of me lurking around the internet if you care to look also i want to do a quick shout out to these fans in the uk international fans what is this story we discovered we got margaritas and um tacos with the boys on the public holiday and Zach made us aware of the fact that we weren't seeing international reviews. No, well, we, you I, knew that, yeah. I knew it, but I didn't um, know how to see them. Yes. <laughs> so I just knew, like, when you look on iTunes, it's just Australia. Yes. Um, so we have lots more. We have international fans that we didn't even know about. Yeah, so we, we saw one as we were drinking margaritas. Um, and they said that there's like a group of them and they have AWD Drinks Inception, which is drinking red wine and discussing what we talked about on this week's episode of the podcast. I am so desperate to meet these amazing women. Please slide into our DMs this week and we'll like... I want to go to one. Same. I want to go to one as well. Just tell us when they happen and we'll just like (laughs) rock up as a surprise one week. Well, you're actually going to... We're recording this a few days early. Yes. At the leisurely hour of 4pm on a Sunday. Yeah. 
Um, because Grace is going to Paris. On Tuesday. It's a hard life. Someone's, I know. Someone's got to do it. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll just make a little jump across the pond. Yeah, <laughs> go to the AWD meetup. I need to know everything about it. I'm so excited. Mm. And also our friend Ellie, um, she had last week's episode on her Instagram and then she asked her followers. She's got a... Ellie May Carey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's got a bit of a following. Um, whether Instagram removing likes would change the way they use the app. And most people said, like around 80% said that they wanted it to happen. Yeah. Which I think is kind of surprising. But I think we both want it to happen. Yeah. But um, heaps of people said it would be less toxic for younger users and would make people just post what they liked without I being agree. a slave to the likes. This links to our the post that we saw in our group this week as well um, that The Atlantic did about Instagram aesthetics. I actually saw it on Diet Prada, but it was mm. reposted in the group, which was great. And about how for the younger generation, the sort of polished, manicured, perfect grid is really uncool now, mm. which I loved. I was like, that's such a great yeah. indicator. And how these girls who post these like kind of just weird crazy selfies and like really messy uncohesive they'll just be like in a bathroom shaving their legs and put up a photo with no makeup on it's like really uncool to post something that's super curated curated and polished which i think is a good move in the right direction i know speaking of which i discovered i feel like such an old person but i i was marginally aware of her and this week kind of discovered Billie eilish Oh I my really god! Like her. Same. Oh my god! Really? Yeah. So I don't know. This is, this honestly is going to make us sound ridiculous. Hundred years old. But um, I didn't really know who she was until Coachella, and she's actually playing here, like oh. this week, I think. Is she? Yeah. She's so cute. I want to be her. We friend. should try to go. Um, shout out to Sony or yeah, anyone who's listening. I think a it's... few free tickets would not go astray. <laughs> Um, we should actually try and go. I'm going to write it down. Um, but she is, I kind of thought because of her, like her aesthetic. Yes. That she was really hip hoppy. Yes. But her vibe's kind of lord It's like Lord, yeah. yeah. I know. I was listening to her on the train last night and I was like, I can't wait to tell Izzy about this hot new artist who has no. like 40 million Instagram <laughs> followers and everyone with a brain has heard of. Yeah. But then I remember, I saw an interview with her on Mark, with Mark Fennell who's the SBS movie guy. And she was just so cute. Like, mm. she's so nice and normal and down-to-earth and cool and yeah. relaxed. She said she only wanted to be famous so she could meet Justin Bieber. <laughs> and then they met at Coachella. Aww. Yeah. The video is really cute. weird, though. Like, they, they were just sort of standing near each other, just looking at each other for ages. And then she yeah. finally hugs them, and then she just walks away. Mm. So, I don't know. Bit of anyway. a letdown. Yeah. But, yeah, I really like her, too. Yeah, we were oh listening to her this weekend. We're probably, I don't even know when she became popular. Neither. I remember seeing her in an article touted as like the most famous girl you've never heard of. And I was like, she doesn't really look like my vibe. Mm -hmm. I really like her songs. I know. She needs to put up a PSA that she's not like a skater. I know. Writing, I don't know what music skaters listen to. She's got such a beautiful voice. Such a beautiful And in that interview I watched with her, she was like, it's so crazy because I go to all of – I play – I headline these festivals and then can't – and then I have to be, like, cordoned off and shipped out of the venue as soon as it finishes because she's 17. Oh, because she's not allowed to – She's not allowed to even stay and see anyone else. She's like, I go to these festivals with the most amazing lineups and I can't watch anyone else perform. Like, Mm. I have to be just escorted off stage and taken out of the venue immediately once it finishes. That would have been Lord's issue as well. Yeah. Funny. Mm. Um – Another thing that was pretty funny this week is we had quite a few people respond to your um, childhood sport trauma. Did we? I, yeah. I missed this. Can you read them out? Okay. So one, <laughs> this is in our Facebook group where I was it's like. the most people have messaged me after an episode being like, thing. my friend Tilly was just like pissing myself on the ferry <laughs> listening to this Kobe O'Neill um, <laughs> so basketball funny. emoji. I was like, shut up. Um, I saw her yesterday. Oh, Tilly? Yeah. Really? Yeah, Where? we bumped into each other oh. in Paddington. Oh, Went for a little nice. shop. Oh. Um, so one girl says, my first season of netball, I was the oldest and shittiest person on the team. <laughs> and one of the mothers went out of her way to ask the coaches not to play me for the second half of the final. What is with these mums? I like, know. Can you just relax for one minute of your life? It's not the fucking world Yeah. <laughs> God. God, this is when people grow up to be assholes because they have parents like this. Yeah. And then another one said, all through primary school, my mum didn't believe I needed glasses. <laughs> <laughs> she 
she also signed me up for the same sports as my brothers, mostly against my will. The only goal they scored in my four-year soccer career was me standing in the wrong place and the ball bounced off my leg and into the goal. (laughs) And then another one wrote, and yeah, it turns out she needed glasses. Um, And another person wrote that she was in a soccer team that pretty much everyone wanted her on the bench. And during the final game, they put her in and on the way back running to defend, the ball bounced off her leg and scored a self-owned goal, which means that they (laughs) lost the game. (laughs) So funny. That is exactly the kind of thing that I would have done. Yeah. So funny. Sport, sport, it's not for everyone. Yeah. I'm sure I have so many of those stories, but my memory doesn't go beyond last week. So I can't remember any of them, which is good. I love all of those feedbacks. Please keep going. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying Tell to think of more. other ones. There's definitely more, but that was, yeah, the most memorable. Yeah, I didn't really um, try. Like, I didn't want to put myself in the position where I could mm. fail. Because I'm, I'm actually, it's so funny. People don't think I'm competitive because I won't try. Me and Zach have said, had the exact same conversation where he's like, you think you're not competitive, but you're very competitive. You're so competitive that you only do things that you know you'll yes. win at. Mm-hmm. So you, you act like, I don't care, I don't care, yeah. I don't care, because all you do is just things that you know you'll win at. And if you ever, if I ever ask you to play like sport or a card game you don't know or whatever, like something mm. that you're not naturally good you'll at, like, you just no. won't do it. Yeah, yeah. same. Yeah. So I would always pretend I had my period <laughs> in PE and I had like this old man like 60 year old teacher and I would just be like I'm sorry Mr. Ross it's that time of the month and he would have been like that time of the week yeah and he would have just been like this happens every week but I just don't want to get into a fight with a teenage girl about when her period is yeah exactly so I just wouldn't do any of it yeah I honestly got out of cross country like every single year I think it puts I think it's put me off exercising now Mm. because I just feel like it's just something I'm naturally bad at but it was like when I went to the climbing gym <laughs> oh my god! I'm gonna weave that in there. Did yeah. you end up going yesterday? No, it's fucking hell, Grace. Sorry. You don't have to publicly say that. So we went out for drinks, and then Zach, Grace's boyfriend, I don't know, he somehow convinced, he like hypnotized us all. Yeah, I know. Into realizing that we all want to go He's to the like climbing, a rock gym. climbing salesman. And then Grace tried to change the subject, and he was like, "No, Grace, we're going." Yeah. yeah. Um. So we were gonna go yesterday, but we didn't end up. I just wanted to do an activity. Yeah, I went and my arms have felt like fucking, they weigh eight kilos, eight kilos, that's probably what they do weigh, like 800 kilos every every day since because they're so, 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 so sore. One thing that I didn't know about bouldering is Mm. that there's no rope. Yeah, you just have to climb, like... Anton was like, how, how, uh, he was like, how does Grace do it? And I was like, I don't think she goes very high. I go to the top, it's basically... Oh god, I can't believe we're fucking talking about this. But it's like <laughs> it's like gradients of hardness based on the colours of the rocks that you're going yeah. you're choosing to go up. So the easy ones is like really easy to go up the whole way. But the harder they get, some of them there's like three or four tiny little rocks and that's all you have to get to the top. What? And it's actually like doing contortionist moves, like up against the wall like Spider-Man to do it. But then that's scary because you have to like jump up to grab another one. And that's when you can fall. But the ones I do, there's like a rock every centimeter. Like it's impossible <laughs> to fall off, basically. You're just climbing but a ladder. But even then, yeah, it's like climbing a ladder. Yeah. But the, the place I went is crazy. You like climb to the top and like over a thing and then have to climb back. Like it's, it's just too much. Mm. But my arms are really hurting now. That's good. Yeah, it's good. I would, I'd actually like to go again. But I, I think what I... I want us four to go because it'll be so funny. It'll be really funny. And it's also like I thought when I was there the whole time and I said to Zach afterwards and he was like, what the hell? But I felt as if I was so, so, so bad and embarrassing that everyone else in the climbing gym was watching me and laughing and talking about me. Like that's how self-conscious I am about Not exercise-related stuff. Yeah. Whereas there were other girls that I saw who were in little crop tops and lycra and were doing the same ones that i was doing and struggling the same way i was but because they looked confident doing it you just didn't even notice yeah yeah i always assume everyone's been doing something for ages when yes. i do something for the first time mm. like when i went to f45 i was like well everyone probably are trainers mm. and yoga i don't i didn't want to go to group classes in yoga because i literally thought everyone's gonna laugh at how terrible i am at it when the reality is no one cares mm. yeah i avoid literally anything i'm not good at so we basically write and talk that's it yeah 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 um anyway i want to tell you about so basically i've done nothing 
of interest this week apart from watch the bold type season three god yeah um and i'm reading ordinary people by diana ross yes. which is really good so far cool it's about um two different couples and it's set in london um but i'll tell you more when i'm like finished um <laughs> and put it on our recommendations and stuff when i know how good it is love um but the last thing that i'm obsessed with is this podcast called escaping nexium and i feel like i need to give the girls at work a shout out because they talked about it weeks ago (laughs) but um it's that sex cult that's been in the media recently because um allison mack who's a smallville i've never watched that show in my life but a smallville actress and she's caught up in it like i think she was a second in command or something um and it's just this crazy cult that the the founder's now in jail and being charged with like forced labor, human trafficking, and sex trafficking. Keith Raniere. And he got yes. everyone to call him Vanguard. What the fuck? I read like very briefly like one of the early stories about this and was looking him up. And he was like a kind of weird like entrepreneur or something, wasn't he? Before he started doing No, all this he was cool in like stuff. marketing marketing yeah and he he created yeah i think he did create marketing of his own sex yes literally (laughs) um but yeah he said that he was speaking in full sentences at the age of one and reading by the age of two and i literally couldn't like walk at the age of two what a fuckhead though like who says that just i know just do it just get over it yeah um so i doubt that's true yeah um and yeah so now ex-members are calling a sex cult with a bunch of members going to trial um and the podcast is by a journalist who went to school with an ex-cult member. Ooh. And he bumped into her. And he was just like... What's been happening? Yeah. And she goes, oh, I just left a cult. Um, <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. So she opens up about it and talks about it. And basically, it's kind of like this pyramid scheme thing where you try to recruit other members. And then inside Nexium, there's this smaller cult of women called DOS. And in that, you get, um, you get branded. Branded how they brand cows. That's so... With like a... um, What's it called? With like a... Brander. Cottering iron. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> what's it called? Oh, yeah. A cottering iron. Yeah. It's like something from the Middle Ages. Yeah. And um, Alison Mack... happen? In an interview with the New York Times, she admitted to coming up with that idea because she was just like, oh, tattoos can be removed. But it's fully like it's crazy, oh. and they um, the symbol is made up like I don't even think a bunch of them knew. The symbol's made up of Keith Raniere's initials and Alison Mack's initials, <gasps> and you just get them branded on yourself for life. That's what. So she's got to be going to prison as well. Yeah, she will wear. Um, and it marketed itself as a self help organization, so they would do big talks, and then they would um sell courses, and so people would enroll in the courses, and then they would. Right. Yeah, be in Nexium. And um It's like Scientology, like there's always those things always at- attract yeah. a certain type of like lonely drifter person. Yeah, and what they do as well, which I think is something Scientology reportedly does, is they would get members to provide collateral and collateral yeah. had to be like a nude photograph of yes. yourself or something yes. really, really like I think it's alleged that Alison Mack Signed over her house and any children she may bear to keep her married. Can you even do that? Say, yeah, yeah, I know. Can if you she sign over future children, yeah. To a... Oh my god. Well, maybe if she decided to leave or said anything about him. And yeah, basically, it's kind what of like the way. Like, I'm gonna Google him. He's got long hair, glasses. Is he like a bit gross? Yes. Um. And yeah, he allegedly kept a harem of 15 to 20 women, providing him with sexual services. Keith, and he, what is up with him? And he forced them to starve themselves to maintain low weight. He, and then he looks like a normal guy, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. He can't, a bit of a Steve Jobs. Yeah, like a Steve Jobs vibe. Yeah. Oh, the branding. Mm hmm. Oh. Has he met the Dalai Lama? Yes. <laughs> Ow. Yeah, I'm sorry, but because of all the self-help and enlightenment stuff that he preached, and then also they they make it sound like it's really pro-woman. Like this DOS group is all about like they call each other sisters and stuff, mm. but it's actually just crazy. Reminds and... me of that movie Martha Marley May Marlene. I haven't seen Have it. You seen it? It's got Elizabeth Olsen in it. 
it's so good Mm. but it's about like how these cult things happen where at first you're like oh this is just a fun thing and I'm sick of my family or my home life and I want to leave and I'm going to do this xyz and it's all good until it just suddenly isn't good yeah like everything's just fine and then you're like oh what the fuck and you're like six months in and that's when you realize and then it's too hard to leave because you're so in it yeah so Sarah the journalist who's interviewed on the podcast she oh no sorry the woman who's interviewed by the journalist was saying that um she got, she was just like, suddenly I was just in this room with a massage table and a woman, like women were having to hold down the others because this cornering iron, as soon as it touches the skin, it just stinks of burnt flesh. Oh. And the woman are like a fish leaping off the table because it's so painful. And she was like, suddenly I'm just in this room. And she was like, I was planning my escape route. Like I just didn't know how I could get myself out of the situation. And then she said that um, this other woman, Lauren, who was her... Oh, so they have slaves and masters. Lauren was her master. Lauren was like, no, come on. You just have to think of it as this is you. Um, like this is you investing in yourself and getting through this pain. And, and suddenly she's branded with these oh, people's names. It's God. crazy. So the podcast is really good. And it's also just so topical because literally like right now the trials are going on. Yeah. What's the podcast called? Escaping Nexium, but it's spelled N X I V M. I'll put it in our recommendations. Wild, Mm, so crazy. And also, hate to bring up this again, but I was listening to it with Anton in the car, and he was like, "Man, this is crazy. How do people get into this?" And I was like, "There's just an elephant in the room." (laughs) (laughs) At least his wasn't. Like that. A sex cult. No, but it was bad. The founder's in jail for having sex with underage girls. Oh, God. Like, it's crazy. Oh. Yeah. He was born in a cult. <laughs> FYI, my God. boyfriend. <laughs> he never listens to this, so time. it's fine. He won't know. Yeah. yeah. And his parents are here next week. I kind of want to talk to them about it. Yeah, you should investigate. Mm. You can do your own podcast about their cult. It can be like an offshoot of After Work Drinks. We actually should. Yeah. it's It was the second, I think it's the second biggest cult in New Zealand. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Wish it was the first. (laughs) But the second will do. Yeah. Oh, my God. What have I been watching? I actually haven't done any – I haven't done too much this week. I've been absolutely hooked and was so annoyed when you got here to watch – what? I was so annoyed when you got here to record this because I was just like, is it four already? Like, because I've been – absolutely knee deep in this hbo documentary about i think it's called the case against adnan syed and it's revisiting the first season of serial the case Mm -hmm. but they've got all this like new information and because it's a documentary you get to see all the people so So you get to see all of the courtroom testimony and them saying things to each other and see all the people now how are you watching it it's on sbs on demand and you can just watch it. You can just watch it yeah amazing yeah it's so good so i'm like i think it's only four episodes maybe it's more like two episodes in and it's fascinating and i i'm just on an emotional roller coaster like i'm like he so obviously did it and then i'm like oh my god but did he and then my brain explodes and i just i just don't know what to do i think he probably did but yeah it just makes you flip-flop so much i'm so into that i know it's so good anyway You've seen that Robert Durst one, eh? Yeah, that's the that's the best the piece jinx. of television ever yeah. made in history. For anyone who has not seen the Jinx documentary, it's six episodes long. Watch it immediately. Pause this podcast. Turn it off. Yeah, and watch the Jinx. It's the it's it is fucked up. The last scene of the Jinx, and don't Google anything else. No, it'll wreck it. Yeah, just watch it. But the last episode is the best thing in the world. The last like ten minutes, I yeah. had to go for like a walk around the neighborhood after I finished uh, watching that so episode. Crazy. I was like, oh! I was like screaming. Yeah, um, yeah, the jinx is the best, but this is also pretty good. And then reading, what have I been reading? Sorry, write this someone, down. Someone made a joke um, in our Instagram. What's it called? Messages. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Being like, is this another one of Grace's op shop finds (laughs) about a book you were reading? I was like, yes. Fuck off. (laughs) Can everyone just leave me alone? And she's like, why are my books not trending? It's like, because you're reading a book about some like random food critic who died a few years ago. (laughs) A.A. Gil is an important person. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is he just. Anton was very interested in that. Yeah, he should be. Anyway. Um, I have just been finishing off some books this week. There's been nothing 
going on there. But I was really obsessed with which I put in our Facebook group, After Work Drinks Podcast, if you want to join. There's a lot of chat happening in there. I think everyone Mm. should try and get involved. What my goal is for this group is for people to be posting anything that they find interesting in there for us to read. Yes. Because people keep... Like you're just thinking they'll they'll message us a lot and be like, "What did you think of this?" And I'm like, "I thought it was great. I'm gonna post it in the group yeah, now." Post it in the group, yeah. yeah. So then we can all discuss the group. Yeah, it's there's so much more engagement in the group than anywhere else mm-hmm. on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so too. That this post was from Vogue US, and they did a piece. It was called something like "Celebrities Have Been Especially Thin-Skinned This Week." But it was a roundup of all these times in the last seven days where celebrities have clapped back at journalists or critics or um, blogs that have said negative things about them. And the reason this piece was so great was because it kind of said that celebrities, when they do this, they act as if they're the underdog and they're saying bullying is wrong you shouldn't do this but really it's a person with millions and millions of followers calling out a single journalist or critic or person doing their job and basically whether they act like they are or not inviting their followers to attack this person when that person is just critically analyzing the work someone's put out so an example was that someone criticized justin bieber for lip syncing during his ariana grande coachella set and then which is a very fair criticism. Like he hasn't performed in ages, like two years. The first time he's gone back on stage, he's kind of sloppily lip syncing. And they said that undermined Ariana Grande's performance. So Justin Bieber posted a screenshot of it with the name of the journalist in the headline saying just negative, just positive vibes. Don't bring me down. Like stop trying to like ruin my day and bully me and whatever. It was something I, I'm obviously paraphrasing, but acting like they were trying to spread bad vibes and like be negative to him for no other reason than being negative where it's like, no, you're a celebrity in the public eye. If you're going to be lazy and sloppy and lip sync, obviously the entertainment industry has a right to, say that you did that yeah and i think they were just saying that he did it and then Mm. ariana grande kind of jumped on it then deleted her comments and then the same week olivia munn wrote this essay which i feel like is the most interesting part um on twitter there's that website called go fug yourself i think is what it's called i don't really know what it is but it's like basically writes like kind of funny kind of bitchy reviews of red carpet looks Kind of like I think like fashion police used to be with Joan Rivers, but a bit, I don't think it's mean. I don't know. I haven't read a lot of stuff, but from what I've seen, it seems to be kind of good hearted fun. Um, And they made a comment about an outfit Olivia Munn wore this week. And they were like, looks like something from the sequel to American Hustle, which is a pretty tame comment Mm. as far as like, that's not even a negative thing. Like the outfits in American Hustle were sick, but um. She screenshotted it with a picture of the two girls who run the website and their names and put on her Twitter, which has like a million followers or something, this essay saying, you know, women stop bringing other women down and I'm so outraged by this and this is so unfair and blah, 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 blah. And there was a lot of sort of critical think pieces that came out in the aftermath of this saying it's not – it's not like – it's hard to phrase, but it's not – you're not being a bad feminist by saying that you didn't like an outfit that someone wore. Like, that's not tearing a woman down or, like – Yeah, they're not They're not writing an essay saying they hate Olivia Munn and here's five reasons why. Yeah, or, like, if they said something about her weight or her looks or she looks ugly or she looks whatever, frumpy or something mean like that. But saying this looks like something from an American Hustle sequel, I'm just like – Yeah. And you're and – you're, I think we talked about... And then saying that... Because did she say that she she was being bullied? Yeah, it was like she... It was and like then saying you're that, just posting two journalists and yeah, bullying them. Yeah, exactly. Like, the whole thing is just kind of silly. And it's like, if you're going to play the game of being a A-lister... It's like when we talked about the Blake Lively thing, how she wore all those crazy suits and someone was like... Yeah. Who was this suit by? And she was like, would you ask a man that? And I'm like, oh, hello. <laughs> a like, man hasn't worn like yeah. six different neon suits in, floral in suits two days. To promote a movie in which your character always wears suits. And when you're a Ralph Lauren ambassador and they're making all of the suits. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's 
there's a, a huge line between if someone just took a picture of a, a woman who was a CEO walking to work and were like, this outfit's ugly. Like that would just be cruel. Like yeah, no one would different. do that. Yeah. But if you're a celebrity and you're attending an A-list event that you're attending to promote yourself mm. and to you've done all the hair and the makeup and you've hired a stylist and the stylist has sourced you an outfit and you're wearing a pinstripe suit with a sequin shirt underneath. Like you're not fucking around. You're not like, oh, what? This is divisive. You're... Yeah, you didn't just throw on a t-shirt and pants to go to this thing. Yeah, if and you then... just wore a nice, like, simple outfit or a nice black dress or something, no one would say anything. I just think you can't have it both ways. You can't be praised when people love your outfits, mm. you know, and then sometime, one time someone says something somewhat negative about it and it's not mean and it's not mean-spirited and it's not cruel. It's just kind of a funny little jab. Yeah. And you act that that's bullying. Like, it undermines what bullying actually is to say yes. that. And also another thing that I think a lot of people don't know, or if you haven't listened to like our first ever episode, mm. um, is that celebrities a lot of the time are getting paid to wear what they wear. Yes. Celebrities get paid upwards of like $20,000 to wear um, dresses on the red carpet because mm. it's an act of promote. They're promoting a brand. Yeah. Or they have partnerships with the brands, which is so much more money. So yeah. It's like, I don't know. I think when you're going to a red carpet event and someone asking like obviously ask other questions, yes. other question, important questions, yes. but what they're wearing, if they're wearing Yeah, if they're something. in a giant yeah. pink voluminous amazing gown, it seems kind of silly to and, – and, and you're on the red carpet, which yeah. is where it's all happening. It seems kind of silly to not ask about the fucking outfit that they're wearing. Yeah, like, the red carpet is for fashion. Yeah, exa- yeah, and people choose not to walk red carpets. A lot of mm. celebrities choose not to walk red carpets. Yeah, so like, if they don't want to talk about it. Yeah, if they don't want to do it. Or, or they'll wear, like I said in the Facebook group, you get celebrities like Meryl Streep and Amy Adams who just wear really, really simple mm. dresses to every single event and no one criticizes them or discusses what they're wearing or whatever because you kind of get that they just yeah. don't care. Like they're just here to attend the event. And I know this isn't about Blake Lively. <laughs> But bringing it back to her, it's so funny that she said that when she is, like, the queen of red carpets. Yes. She wears, like, a fucking 100-meter long curtain to the Met Gala. Yes, I know. And it's amazing. And a crown. Like, I love that. Yeah, same. It's so good, but you can't you can't then say, oh, anyone who doesn't like my outfit that I've put all this time and thought and creativity and energy into is bullying me. Like, it's just not. Mm. And then they said in the Vogue piece, which I thought was really great that it actually buys into this really dangerous rhetoric that Donald Trump has started of like fake news. The media is out to get me. Like don't trust journalists. Journalists are just bullies and intimidating and and they can't be trusted. Like it's kind of that vein of thinking. It's it's like that time. Selena Gomez has sort of been like this about media a lot, but a, a while. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Oh gosh, she had like a billboard cover and she got really upset because the journalist reported that she had a big teddy bear in her lounge and then she said to him that she hadn't gotten rid of it yet and oh. she got really, really upset and was like, I'm never, ever doing another interview. I'm never doing another thing. Really? Because it made her look like she was getting rid of a gift. And I was like, oh, what? what? You said that to him. Yes. He's obviously in your house reporting. And, yeah. and he's, like, just trying to add color to a piece. He's not trying to paint you as some horrible person for re-gifting a giant teddy. No. And she, like, went nuts about it. It's And it's, like, I think people have forgotten now because we're in this era where the the quality or power of a journalist is being diminished by blogging and by Twitter feeds and by people that don't have formal training weighing in on everything that we're forgetting that 
the point of a journalist. A journalist profiling a celebrity is not an exercise in PR for that. Like it is an exercise in PR for that celebrity, but that journalist is not there to deliver that celebrity's agenda. No. Back to the public. Like they're there to, in the public interest, in their readership's interest, to create an interesting representation of this person that they've had X amount of time with. They're not there to write a story that the person that they're interviewing is the best person in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And if they do, that's not being a good journalist. Yeah, exactly. And they're not, if you read like proper journalism, if you read like Vanity Fair and the New York Times and the Guardian and the New Yorker, like they write about things in this way where they really delicately balance being like not being cruel or mean while also Mm. not being like fluffy or, Mm. or overly sentimental about someone or just delivering this message that yeah. this person wants to deliver. I even find, like, I, I really don't like it when journalists... I mean, sometimes it does add colour when you intro a story, but I really hate it when they talk about their personal relationship with a celebrity. Yeah. So they'll sort of be like, you know, I walked in and we had tea and, like, yeah. the last time we met, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Because yeah, yeah. then I'm like, oh, it's just going to be a fluff piece. Yeah, because you just You're want not them gonna, to like you. Yeah, because yeah. you're just mates. Yeah. And obviously it'd be hard not to do that. Yes. Like, if I was invited into Jennifer Aniston's home, yes. I would want to be invited <laughs> back. Like, her skin is as luminous as silk. She is she a human perfection. does not look a day over 25. <laughs> yeah. She offered me a green tea and we did yoga for an yeah. hour. Like, I would just, yeah, I would fucking froth on it so i really appreciate those who don't yes but um i think it was just an interesting it's i'm really happy that people are examining that because i think it's become and there was i'm sorry i don't know the artist's name but she referenced an artist who clapped back at a review on pitchfork which had actually been a, a pretty positive review but had a few lines about how some of the lyrics were a bit clunky and something else and she basically said in a tweet this is why i hate reviews unless you've made music yourself you are not in a position to criticize it and everyone was like mm, what no <laughs> like, that's so not true that's literally what anton said to me the other day when i was like please make my website look better and he was like you're just not a designer i was like yeah but i can fucking i have eyes yeah. <laughs> like i can see i can see like as if that's such a silly thing that's like saying that no one can criticize movies unless they're steven spielberg like being yeah. a film critic and a filmmaker are completely separate things mm ridiculous but that's kind of the attitude that people are in now people are very it's hard because there's a lot of really outrageous bullying on the internet where people have to be more thick-skinned than they should be but the other side to that is like you can't have zero criticism ever because if you do it's bad vibes and negative vibes and you're making the world negative like there is a space for constructive criticism constructive criticism as long as it's not mean-spirited or cruel Mm. Agree. Agree. Cool. Top up? Yes. <laughs> so this is a nice segue into our next topic. I didn't even want a top up just then, which is kind of out of character for me. Mm. But we've been seeing a lot in the news about the rise of the sober curious movement and just feel like there's been a lot of conversation lately about people giving up drinking or not drinking or thinking about their relationship with drinking and I think it's something that we've talked about Mm. we've talked about it a lot since we've been friends it's a kind of interesting thing and it's very relevant to this podcast Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah alcohol I think the thing with the sober curious movement that I like is it's like it's called sober curious because you're not saying you don't drink yes but it's kind of you just cutting down on drinking a bit because the thing with me with alcohol is I love going for a drink I love having drinks with you while we do this podcast I love going for beers on a sunny afternoon yeah I love meeting friends for wines I love going to a work event and having champagne yes I love alcohol yeah (laughs) but for me, the thing I've cut down on is binge drinking. Yes. Going on wild nights out, drinking so much that you have mind blanks and then waking up the next day. And I feel like when I read about the so- Sober Curious movement, that's kind of more what they're talking about. Yes. They're talking about less binge drinking and less of the drinking that gives you that crazy anxiety the next day. Yes. Anxiety. Anxiety. And cutting back. Because I, I don't know. I feel like also I um, started drinking really young. Like I kind yes. of. Yes 
so I had a fake ID at 15. 15? Yeah. Wow. I lived in a tiny town. Yeah. Um, I'm at 17. And, <laughs> and so now I'm kind of like, I don't really binge drink anymore. Yeah. It's such an interesting thing because I think like, I'm such a magpie with any like trend. Like I was like, oh, so be curious. Like I'm going to become sober now overnight immediately. And I never, ever want to touch a drink again until the day <laughs> I die. I mean, obviously that's just a bit extreme. But I think my relationship. As I take a sip of my rosé. I know. I think my relationship with alcohol is, has been this really interesting thing that's like changed a lot over time. When I was young, I was like thrilled to start drinking. I was really mm. like more so I think everyone when you're young alcohol is like illicit and illegal and there's something yeah. exciting about it but for me it was like this beyond like I used to when I was like eight or nine and my family had like casked wine like it was in the box mm-hmm. um I used to sneak it and like fill up a glass and drink it when I was like eight like I was just eight. so curious like not to get drunk because I was just so curious about alcohol yeah. like, I was like what is this thing that they're drinking that I'm not allowed yeah. to touch like I just have always had this weird relationship with it and I come from like a very long and illustrious line of Irish Catholic alcoholics like <laughs> from all sides of my family yeah and I think that there's always it's alcohol is my dad's one of 10 kids Jesus we have like 25 cousins but so many aunts and uncles and like the the culture over in the uk where they live is such a heavy heavy Mm. drinking culture yeah and i think that i've always i've probably been exposed to an a less than normal idea of what a normal level of drinking is Mm. because of that like i'm like oh as long as you don't drink every single night of the week yeah i i mean same for some people they drink once a week yeah that's I think I've kind of been – it's funny because I think I've sort of been the opposite. So my mum drinks every night. (laughs) Hello, Donna. Donna. Not sure if she still listens. Haven't heard from her in a while. But um, (laughs) mum drinks every night and she'll have – like she can hold a lot of booze. So she'll have maybe like – three or four wines in a night yeah but it was always to the point when I was younger that it was like annoying for me because she she's like lovely when she's yeah. drunk. she's just the same she's just yeah. normal mom she'll make dinner she yeah. just gets in a bit like of a happy mood and yes. will dance around and sing yeah and that annoys you when you're a young teenager yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. like mom shut the fuck up <laughs> um you know and then she'll watch MasterChef and cook dinner and go to bed yeah. and go to work the next day but I think for me growing up I always associated it with it being this pain in the ass because mum would be, it would be like 5 PM and mum would come home from work and she'd pour a glass of wine and decompress because she's a social worker as well. And her job is very intense. Like I called her the other day and she'd been in a court case with a dad trying to get his children back after he used like, beat the shit out of like them. It's horrible. It's horrible stuff. And so she'll come home and have a wine to decompress. But then as a teenager, I'd be like, mom, can you drop me at, like Sarah's house and she just well, couldn't drive. Yeah. And I'd be like, this is so fucking annoying. Yes. And I was always like, oh, I, I just don't want that relationship with alcohol where yeah, I need it right, every day. Right. And so I think growing up, it was always in my head where I would only drink on the weekends, but then I would binge drink right. on the weekends and I would never so get home and have a wine after work or anything. And I don't think I ever will be. I don't think I ever will be a person who comes home and has a wine after work. I think for me, the thing I've realized, because I used to come home and have like a wine after work, Mm. but like I find it really, really hard to just like, I'd rather not have a glass of wine than have a single glass of wine. Yeah, because you just want another one. Then you just want another one. And then it's very, very easy to just like top up and then top up a bit. Then all of a sudden it's hard, like have a glass when you're making dinner and a glass when you're eating dinner and then a glass in front of the TV. And then all of a sudden it's like a few bottles of wine a week easily and you're never like pissed or smashed or doing whatever but it's just a really unhealthy habit to get into and I find it really easy to get into that so I have to be very very strict Mm. with myself actually now that we talk about it I did go through a phase where I I think I'm more associated with when I'm older like I was like I never want to be a mum or I never want to be I don't know, in my late 30s and and coming home and needing a glass of wine. But, yeah, I definitely know what you mean. Where, like, sometimes we'll have wine left over from this podcast and I'll go home and drink it. Yeah. Um, And then you suddenly want more. 
Yes. Or on a Friday night, we often will have wines with dinner. Yes. But then I just get, like, I get drunk. I feel such a lightweight now. Yeah, I know. I get we drunk off, like, drink two... far less than we ever used to. Yeah. I think for me, the thing that I find hardest, and, like, last night was a really good example where I was meeting up with two friends of mine that I haven't seen in ages and who I really, really like, but I just didn't want to drink. Like, I'm flying on Tuesday. It's bad for my sinuses. I just wanted a really good weekend healthy sleeping well like i just like like it affects my sleep it affects my skin it affects Mm. like everything and i just wanted to have a whole weekend where i just didn't drink anything and just rested up which is like very grandma but i was like okay i just want to go eat dumplings and just not drink anything and it's so so hard to do because it's like yeah they're drinking and you really feel like you're killing the vibe if you're not having anything it feels awkward when they've just got a bottle of red wine and they're just topping up glasses and you're just sitting there with a the water. I actively, when I'm in that situation, I actively crave it. Yeah, and then I'm just there and I'm just like, why am I being such a mood kill yeah. or for no reason I'm 25 who gives a shit just have a glass of wine with dinner whatever but obviously when that happens and it escalates and you want to go to a bar afterwards and it's a Saturday night and come on just have fun and like we haven't seen each other in ages and it's just it's so so difficult and I have I feel like instead of having a big group of friends I have like lots of individual friends and mm. then to catch up with them it's always dinner and it's weird to go to dinner and not have anything to drink. It feels like you're putting a line in the sand being like, no, yeah. I'm not going to drink anything. And then you feel like you've – it's like vegans, how they feel like – like you feel like you're passing a judgment on the other person by I not wanting to I did that the other drink. day. I drove – I was meeting one of my friends for wines and I drove there because it was in Bondi. And I was like, I just cannot deal with an Uber. Yeah. And I drove there and then suddenly it was like, oh, you've, you've decided that you're not having more than two drinks. Like that's – you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you just suddenly being like, the, yeah. this catch-up is not going to escalate and it's not going to turn into, like, this fun time because yes. you've got to go or you've got to drive and yeah. you've got to be responsible. Yes. And it just I feel like it just changes the fun vibe. Totally. And then I felt, like, such a mood kill mm. last night and that, like, we haven't seen each other in ages and this is a really fun opportunity to catch up and I'm just ruining it by not wanting to drink. But I know I really don't want to drink because I wake up – like – as the older I get, and we're still very young, but the, the older I get, the impact on me waking up after I've had a drink versus when I have it, even if it's one drink, mm. is so noticeable. Like, I feel less happy. I have less energy. I feel less well-rested. My skin looks dull. I have, like, I don't know. I feel more hungry. My stomach, it, like, I bloat. Like, yeah. just the list of things that it does versus how good I feel and how I burst out of bed when I've had two or three nights in a row of not drinking – I'm so much more attracted to just not drinking at all now, but it just feels impossible to have a fun social life and not waste your 20s while also not drinking. I know. And I feel for us, it's, and probably a lot of people listening, it's this hard thing because it's like, I, we don't really binge drink and go out and party all night. No. Like we never. When we met. Yeah, we did all the time. We were like, we were like, because. I was single and Izzy's boyfriend was still in New Zealand. So we were kind of like, not acting like single girls in like a ho sense, but like yeah. we were just always out, always going out to pubs, always drinking, mm. always like partying. And um, I like don't regret that at all. It was so, so, no, so yeah, fun. Yeah, but so the fun. idea of it now just exhausts me. I know. And even how, because Grace would just stay at mine every weekend. It's funny, like. We were just talking before about how we need to now schedule time in with each other, yeah. which seems crazy because Grace used to literally live at my house yeah. on the weekends and we would just go out all night. We'd wake up at like 12 o'clock the next day and then McDonald's yes. this time. And then McDonald's. <laughs> and then we'd like wander up to McDonald's, which is like a stone's throw away yeah. and get it and go back to bed and watch the hills or something. Yes. Oh, those are the days. Those are the days. But now that we ha- that happens less, so then I kind of think that, like, I don't need to change anything about how I drink because when I drink, it's going out for dinner with a few friends. Yes. But I think the issue more is that why do we feel like we have to do that to catch up with our friends? Yes, exactly. And, and like, the – the thing is, when you settle into a night where it's not weird for you not to drink, like when I've, because I've before, I think until six to eight months ago, I had never, ever, 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 ever gone out with someone socially and not had a drink ever because I don't drive. Right? <laughs> so I yeah. just never had been in a social situation where I had any reason not to drink. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw the psychologist, I said to her, I was like, I worry about alcohol because I find it really hard to like keep 
track of myself while I'm drinking. Like I go to things and don't intend to get drunk, but yeah. all of a sudden it's 11 p.m. and we're on our third bottle of wine, and I'm like, whoa, how did this happen? We're the same in that sense. Yeah. So she was like, let's just try it, like road test these things, and obviously we go to lots of work events and there's free alcohol on t- like not only on tap but like you turn your head for a second and look back and the waiter's filled up your glass yeah, to so the it's, brim it's and you really barely hard notice. to like, keep like, track of how much you're drinking yeah so you might well. say i'm gonna have one glass of wine but like but you don't even know where the glass you is you don't even know how yeah. many times it's been topped up so i asked my psychologist when i saw her for some techniques that i could use to kind of better keep on top of the drinking thing and she said that usually when you go to dinner or go to a bar or go to whatever, you'll drink because you're thirsty, as silly as that sounds. So she was like, literally just skull like two glasses of water when you get there. And yeah, then or start just hold drinking. like a Yeah, a so water. you're not drinking because you're thirsty. You're mm. drinking because you're deciding to drink. And then she was like, and then when you order a drink or have a drink, be like, okay, this is my first drink of the night. I'm like, it sounds silly, but being like, I'm deciding to have this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit with it and not, just not become mindless about it. And then always be like, okay, this is the second one. This is the third one. And she was like, you're young, it's fine for you to have some nights where you drink too much and have a really fun night and are hungover the next day, but you just don't want those nights. You, you don't want to be getting drunk when you don't want to be drunk because you're not yeah. being cognizant. Or yes. And falling asleep on the train. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One night um, we went out for dinner with a bunch of friends and we all just got so rowdy. And then we – I don't know, this is actually – a story of me being a bad friend but basically I was like to Grace I think I was trying to put you in a taxi and you're like no 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 and you got on the train and then I just hadn't heard I messaged her and I was like are you okay hadn't heard back and then I just Instagram messaged Zach and was like is Grace okay and he just didn't reply and I just fell asleep and then the next day was like oh hello yeah. hello yeah i fell asleep on the train and woke up in homebush which is like a nightmare like it's, it's so just far. It's the end of my line and i was also to add insult to injury in this like insane checkered suit yeah you were with, like really high heels on like it was just the most ludicrous ensemble and i was like just walking around in these heels like where am i and that was <laughs> yeah that was bad not good but those not nights so. are, those nights are bad i feel like that's like bad drunk but then you have those nights where you just have had such a good time and i just think that i wouldn't want to have i wouldn't want to be like these you know how it's like gen z don't drink is the whole thing yeah yeah so apparently so i I read this study that came out last year that said those in their teens and early 20s so generation z are drinking over 20 percent less per capita than millennials and we drink less than baby boomers baby boomers Ms. and Gen X's did at the same age. So apparently Generation Z is drinking, not drinking at all, and it's like because of this wellness focus. Yes. And because they – and also um, because they kind of, with Instagram and social media, can't really afford to be loose drunk. Yes, this is such a big thing yeah. which I think is huge where you can't like – Everything's recorded. Every single thing is recorded. You actually can't get messy. It's even when you think about Paris Hilton and – Nicole Richie versus the Kardashians now, mm. like, and Lindsay Lohan, that whole era, like, they used to go out and drink and go to clubs and actually party, and it's now you don't have a single, I, there's not a single photo of any Kardashians or Hadids looking sloppy or drunk or stumbling out of a club or no. looking like they're always polished and yeah. they're always on, because if you if you were a supermodel these days and you went to a club and you were drunk there'd be 50 people filming it and putting it on insta stories and it would be all over tmz the next day or it's even how tammy himbro yeah, what we talked about exactly. on the podcast how she got drunk at coachella and it was an article in the daily mail the next day yeah that's so true that's that's how rare it is nowadays for you to see or hear anyone drinking mm. apparently the gen z thing i read is that the people who do drink in Gen Z drink just as much, if not more. Yeah, than millennials, so I was. But the number of people that drink, that the number of people that don't drink at all is so much higher that it's like balancing. It yeah, out. so I was yeah. talking to my sister who's 18 and at her first year of uni. Um, and I was talking to her because she doesn't drink at all. She That's doesn't wild. drink alcohol. Yeah. She's just so much cooler than me. Yeah, <laughs> it is very cool now. I yeah, think. but she was like, I don't do it to be cool or anything like that but it just it just is like she just doesn't have to do it to be cool it's cooler that she doesn't do it to be cool yeah um she was just like i just don't like the taste of alcohol and i was like no one fucking does you just get used to it like (laughs) do you think anyone like the taste of coffee when they first drink it (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, she just stopped. She just doesn't drink. And then neither does her girlfriend, Molly. They just don't really drink at all. Yeah. But she said that in her hostel at uni, which is, what do you guys call it? Dorms like or whatever. A dorm, yeah. yeah. Um, the binge drinking is still huge. Yeah. Like, like everyone drinks. She was like, yeah. I'm one of the odd ones out, but I don't. Right. But even then, like, I don't think I knew anyone. No. Who didn't drink. No. So even knowing those two. Yeah. And it is bad. Like, you, like everyone has horror stories about stuff that's happened with, like, too much alcohol when you're a teenager. Mm. I think the fact that we were exposed to it young made us – I have stories of me being, like, drunk and maybe saying something embarrassing, but I don't have any stories about some of the stuff that you know about people who've got so, so, so loose and done something, like, fucked up or super dangerous. And I think it's because mm. – when you – I feel like because we started drinking quite young and we would do it in, like, a quote-unquote controlled environment where we'd, like, go to a friend's house and, like, someone's boyfriend would get us two packets of vodka cruises and we'd yes. have, like, 1.5 each. But, like, that's how we started mm. and then it grew. So by the time we were 18 and we were drinking, yeah, you probably had a few nights where you were a little irresponsible, but me and my friends were always pretty, like – Knew what was going Normal. on. Normal. Yeah. Like, we were always safe. Like, everyone was always looked after. Everyone yeah. was always okay. Sometimes someone would get a bit too drunk and you'd take them home. But it was much more relaxed. Whereas I know that the girls that who had crazy strict parents who were never allowed to do yeah, anything same. the day they turned 18 were, like, the loosest fucking units on the planet. <laughs> and, same. like, were, like, sitting in the corner of a club unconscious. Yes. Like, no 100%. one was looking after them and they had that's, no shoes um, on. And you were like, hey, like, can I help you? That's yeah. Ash, my best friend. Really? Yeah. Yeah, she was, like, super Christian growing up. Yeah. And then she just, like, went off the rails when she yeah. turned 17 or 18. And she just had, like, these wild years of, like, 18, 19, 20 where she was just like passed out at every party. Yeah, it's so bad. I was I was never that person. Yeah, on I mean, that I've, level. I've yeah. been like super. I I We've definitely all had have super been, smash yeah. nights, but yeah. I just think that thing of like having no idea. Well, I mean, like yeah, I, there are people who have embarrassing. So stories the first about time me, that I um drank, I'm um I feel like maybe I've talked about this on the podcast before. Was I was in Hawkes Bay with like at my mum's house. And my friend was staying the night and we went into the liquor cabinet. I think we were 13 and we took their Baileys and we mixed or like, actually, maybe it wasn't, I feel like it wasn't Baileys. It was like whiskey or something, something very random and put it with just juice, orange juice. And we didn't know how much to put in. So we were putting in half of the cup filled with whiskey and half filled with just juice and drinking it. And we just thought alcohol tasted bad. Like we just thought that that's how gross it was. And I think we we're just gagging. And I don't even remember, I honestly don't remember even having any any ounce of fun yeah. because it went from being completely sober to so fucking wasted <laughs> that I was vomiting everywhere. And so mum must have heard us, like God knows what was going on. We must have been like crashing about. Mum comes in, opens the door and she's like, what is going on? She's like, get to the bathroom, Belle. Like, what are you doing? And then she tried to pick me up to take me to the bathroom because I was, like, just throwing up everywhere. Yeah. And my friend Mel had her um, head hung out the window. She was trying not to vomit from the smell of it. And and um, mum tried to send me down the hallway. And I remember this. Like, I vividly remember looking down the hallway and there was, like, seven hallways in one. And I was like, oh, dear God, how am I going to do this? And mum said that she turned around because she, like, she didn't really feel drunk. Yeah. She had oh not, no, she had no she was idea. Like, what's going on? Yeah, like, I don't I have, I have no clue what she thought was going on because it must have <laughs> fucking stunk she's so like she was probably drunk so then she like tries to push me down the hallway and I literally just fall and I'm like on the ground <laughs> like, crash bang on the ground and she's still honestly until I was like 20 years old didn't know didn't know we were drunk I was like that what crazy on earth did you think was going on like we just had this yeah. random like super bug <laughs> I think she actually, looking back, must have been boozed herself. Oh, my God. But, yeah. That's amazing. I'm trying to think. Mine, the first time we went to a party, I think, we were, like, 14 or 15, and we someone's brother or something had got us a bottle of vodka, and we were drinking it straight from the bottle the mm-hmm. whole night. Yeah. Like, how, can you even imagine anything more revolting? We used to drink straight from the bottle, but put just a raro sachet. You know, those, like, juice. No. Oh, okay. So, um, in New Zealand, <laughs> they, like, little sachets of basically like a jelly sachet oh. and you put you put it in water and it creates this just like crappy juice 
that kids would drink. Ah. And so you'd pour a raro sachet. So it would just flavor the vodka into like a juice flavor. But it's oh still God. straight vodka and yeah. you'd be drinking it. I don't know. It's like that hard thing where I, I really don't want to get too like, it has negative health effects and no one should ever do it. Like, obviously, it's not good to drink and we can come up with a list of all the negative yeah. health but effects. But even the other day when we went out for margaritas... <sighs> This is really, I mean, the opposite of our intuitive eating episode. Yeah. But Grace is going to Paris with Chanel and I am like going traveling next month to Spain where I'm going to be on the beach in Barcelona with like 17 friends. And so I'm just like, I need to stop eating like pizza every day. Yes. And we had margaritas and we were just like, oh, whatever. And we got like fries and guacanabo. Like we're just being normal. Yeah. But then I went home and Grace just sent me this because I was like, oh, surely margaritas um, I was like, surely they're more calories than wine, but like, who really cares? Yeah. And we had all these margaritas. I was like, no, they're not. It's just tequila and salt. That's like no calories. And yeah. Then, yeah. And then she went home and sent me a screenshot that said there were 450 <laughs> calories per margarita. Like drinking, like alcohol is just not good for you. I think a glass of wine is the equivalent of having a Snickers bar. It's yeah, just I like, know. Yeah. So I hope it goes without saying that we understand that there are negative health effects yeah. to drinking alcohol. But at the same time, it's like, God, like, are we just not going to do anything that's fun until the rest of our lives and just no. eat kale and drink celery juice and then just die at 107 with no memory time i ever have is just with a couple of girls and a bottle of wine and drinking and laughing and having fun i feel like i think that the whole thing should be more about just being mindful of the fact that like on nights like that yeah sure have a couple of bottles of wine and have fun and dance and put the spice girls on and have a really fun night doing karaoke but on nights when you maybe it's a week night and you're at a work event and you don't want to be hungover tomorrow. Yes. Limiting yourself. Yes, exactly. And I think that's why it's like the curiosity element is just for people who have known nothing in their lives except having this kind of really stronghold relationship with alcohol. It's just about experimenting with, well, what is it like if I don't drink five nights of the week? Or what is it like if well, when I, I go out like to drink, I, I only to, have one or two glasses? Like, I think I, I definitely need to, like, I don't really know what it's like to go out for dinner with my friends without drinking like a whole bottle of red wine, but it's because yeah. I fucking want to. Like, my thing Not is to like, yourself, like with them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sometimes to myself. No, I'm joking. Um, but you know, like I want to have a few drinks. So yeah, I think it's just about getting in check, like getting a, a, gr- a grasp on your relationship with alcohol. It's like control. It's like we talk about all the time. Like everything is about control. Like if you feel like alcohol is controlling you and you yeah. don't have an ability to do something without drinking, yeah, then then you're not drinking because you want to. You're drinking because you yeah need to or feel like you have to whereas if you're saying okay i'm gonna go out tonight i know that maybe like i'll get a pimple on tuesday and that i'm gonna feel a bit groggy tomorrow and probably not be good like company Mm. like on saturday morning but i really want to go out with my girlfriends and have a really fun time like that's such a different experience to like oh shit this happened again how did this happen how did this keep happening yeah like and i think that was yeah that happened to me but my 20s were at I am in my twenties. Yeah, like early twenties. Yeah, I think where is I would have ironing out the kinks. Yeah, where I would wake up and have mind blanks and be petrified about what I did the night before. Yeah, and, and that, that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, and like the anxiety thing is that thing where it do, it does skyrocket your anxiety drinking too much the next yeah. day. Like it's just and that feeling of I haven't had that in a while. That feeling of waking up the next day, and being like, what did I say? Did I say something? Yeah, stupid? it's just the worst. Like I would go sober for the rest of my life to avoid that feeling. Yeah, me because too. It's just not like I remember being home at Christmas and I caught up with one of my like, best friends and I didn't even know she was in. I thought she was in her hometown, but she was actually she'd arrived back in Auckland and I just drove to her house with a bottle of rosé and we had the best night ever and it was so much fun. But the next day I'd booked in to do a workout class oh. with like Kirsty Godso and my friend Nikki Carrera who are like two fitness freaks. Yeah. And I woke up the next day and was like, I just felt sick because I was like, I've paid for this class. I've told them I'm going to be there. Like yeah. they're my friends and they're expecting me and I can't, I, I physically can't go. And I was like, I hate that feeling yes. when you're just yeah, like, yeah. I had something to do and you can't do it. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's all a work in progress. Yeah. Progress is in a straight line, as Obama likes to say. Well, cheers to that. I was referencing, like, world peace probably, but we can <laughs> use it to talk about alcohol. Wine. <laughs> okay. Um, shall we wrap it up? Let's wrap it up. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We're obsessed with all these new reviews, especially now that we've figured out how to access international and ones. let's start an Australian after work drinks. What was it? 
group. Yeah. <laughs> group. And uh, they said drinks inception. Drinks inception. Yes. Yeah. Please. And let's we'll come. Yeah, we'll <laughs> actually let's come. all go for drinks we'll Skype after in. our alcohol episode. Message us and we'll Skype into the <laughs> yeah. next one, literally. Um, and please follow us on Instagram where you'll see all our recommendations from the week and join our private Facebook group, After Work Drinks Podcast, where lots of chat goes on, um, especially about Div Patel being hot. Yes. Thank you and exactly. good night. Bye. Bye. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.